Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Nothing formed against me shall stand. No Herod, no soldiers, no chains, no jail cell, no lock gate, no impossible circumstances formed against me. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. God, you're faithful. Be encouraged. No weapon formed against you will ever succeed because of God's love for you. He will fight your battles. It's God. He's for you. He's not against you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Idolizing angels isn't a new concept. Apparently, it was a big enough issue to cause Paul to bring it up in his letter to the Colossians. He warned them about only following sound doctrine and staying away from teachers who say that the way to God is through angel worship. The point is that God alone is worthy of our worship. It's right to believe that angels are real and that God uses them to carry out His plans, But it's not okay to worship the messengers rather than the one who sends the message. Beware of who you worship and for what you worship them for. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 5, with the continuing study entitled, Angels, Demons, and People. Yes, he did. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to get to God. So we don't pray through people to God, only to Jesus. You you can't come and say, you can ask me to pray for you. I'll be glad to do that. Elders do that on Tuesday nights. But I'm not the one that's the go-between between you and God. You and I can go directly to the throne of grace. You don't go to a man. Nobody can forgive your sins. Only God can forgive your sins. Can you imagine how busy I'd be if I could forgive your sins? I'd be dead. I know you. God's pretty wise. He knows how stupid I am. We'd all be there. So there's how many mediators between you and God in prayer? How many? Tell me this morning. Don't ever forget it. You don't worship man, you don't worship angels, you don't worship saints, there are no really saints, actually we're all saints, but there's nobody special. We're all, remember what the angel said? I'm nothing but a servant. That's all we are. We're created by God and we're simply his servants. So understand, get get your doctrine right, it's very important. There's only one way to have access to God, that's through the person of Jesus Christ. So these angels... A kind of ministering spirits, God's invisible, uh, kind of maybe his invisible secret agents. And they're, they're advancing the kingdom of God and they're advancing Jesus and they're building his church. Now, we're going to look this morning, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 in your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. 
New Testament, 5N, Acts 12, 5. And, and then I want your attention, because I'm going to go through this fairly quickly, but I want you to see where we're at. Here we go. We learned last week that when, when Satan fell, he came and he, he tempted Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve failed. But then God came to Adam and Eve and said, you're going to die physically, but you're separated from me, but I'm going to provide a solution for man's sin. And in Genesis 3.15, we have the prediction that Jesus would come. He would come through the line of Israel, Jewish people, Abraham in that lineage, and he would be the solution. And not only would he provide salvation, but it would be the end of Satan. He would cut off his head. It'd be the end. So from that moment on, Satan in all the Old Testament tried to keep this Jesus from coming. So Moses, remember, all the babies were killed. Uh, We get to Jesus' time when he comes. What happens? Herod kills all the babies two years and under in Bethlehem. What's he trying to do? What's Satan trying to do? Keep Jesus from coming. It goes all the way. He's, he's failing over and over and over. He goes to the cross. Jesus finally goes to the cross. And we told you last week when he was on the cross and he died for our sins, that Satan threw a party. Yay! I stopped him. The problem is the party only lasted three days. Because three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? And now we're partying. Because he destroyed death, Satan, hell, and the grave. But did Satan give up? No, he did not. So where is the warfare? If Jesus already defeated him, and it's over, where is he warring at today? What, who's involved with this? If you're a Christian this morning, just raise your hand. Just keep your hand up. Just keep it up for a moment, all the campuses. What am I looking at? I'm looking at the church. Not the church in Melbourne or Vieira or Sebastian. I'm looking at the church of Jesus Christ. So Satan is after the only thing he can do. Because what is the message of the church? What is the mission of this church? To get rich, big, build, build. No, it's to change people's lives for eternity. So if he can impact the church, he hurts the kingdom of God. You got it. So he's after the church. Now watch how this works. He's after CCM. He's after every one of our campuses and all the under wonderful churches that we have in our community that preach the gospel. And he does it in a lot of ways. Specifically, you'll see as we go, he likes to destroy what people think about the word of God. And we see this over and over again. People go, well, you got to change. It's not really like that anymore. Oh, it's, it never changes. It's always like that. So understand he's after you this morning. By the way, it's very personal. He's not only after you, he's after your marriage, he's after your kids, he's after everything. But I don't have to be afraid, even with the demons that we'll talk about next week. You don't have to be afraid, but we have to be wise to the way he works. Now, Acts 12, 5, watch what happens. So Peter, key person in the church, was kept in prison. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now, just before this, Herod had already killed James, John's brother. And when the crowd, the religious crowd went, way to go, they put a sword through James. Herod goes, hey, this made me popular. Arrest Peter. They arrest him. And the next morning, Peter is going to die. 
Now, as one of the major leaders, he's a big leader. James, the brother of Jesus, a different James, was a big leader in the church. What's Satan doing? Kill, steal, and destroy through Herod. Now, with this happening, look at that first verse again. Peter is in prison, but the church was praying. What weapon did a few people in the church, home group, they're praying. They don't have buildings yet. They're praying. What weapon do they have against Herod? Prayer. There's two things we're not good at. Our two main weapons are the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. And the other weapon is prayer. Now, let me read you a verse. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Prayer and the Word of God. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Write this down this morning. Prayer is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. God designed it that way. So one of the weakest things we are as Christians is in prayer. Some of you have that wonderful gift and you you help us. You bring up the heavyweights. You're fantastic. But most of the church around the world doesn't understand this weapon of prayer. What does prayer mean? It simply means depending on God. Now look at verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Look at me for a moment. How many of you, three hours from your death, in prison, are sleeping? Let me see your hand. Man, I'm going crazy. What happened? How come he's sleeping? Well, somebody gave him, he asked for a big cup of chamomile tea. Ah, I don't think so. Now, how can Peter be sleeping? Look, look, let's read the rest of the verse. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance of his cell. Why was Peter sleeping? He had already been delivered from, from prison once, so he's trusting the sovereignty of God. He's just trusting God. I mean, that is amazing to me. He has history with God. I mean, what else can Peter do? He's trusting God. Remember, just a few weeks before, Peter got a word from Jesus when Jesus restored him. Let me read it to you. John 21, I tell you the truth, when you were young, Peter, you were able to do as you like, you dressed yourself, you went where you wanted to go, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you, take you where you don't want to go. What did Jesus say to him? Peter, you don't have any idea how you're going to die. It's not going to be like you think. In fact, we know that Peter died crucified upside down, but he said it won't happen till you're old. He's not old. So he's saying, okay, this is the promise from God. This is not going to be me end. I don't know how in the world it's going to work out. Now, in those verses 5 and 6, we see the visible world of spiritual warfare. We, We see impossible circumstances facing Peter. Two soldiers... They rotate three times during a 24-hour period. He's bound to those two soldiers in chains, in a prison cell. Outside the cell, two more guards. Maybe this morning here, at one of our campuses, you're bound, and you're facing some impossible circumstances, physical, mental, spiritual 
emotional. Be encouraged as you watch what happens. See, God loves to come in our impossible circumstances. Now, the next verses, 10, 7 through 10, we see the kind of the invisible world of spiritual warfare. Look at verse 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up, quick get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Suddenly, supernaturally, God sends how many angels? One. It just says an angel. It doesn't say his angel. It sent one angel to rescue, and the cell lights up. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Now, I want you to put your thinking cap on for a moment, and I want you to get this. At every campus, I want you to think now. Here's my question. Why did God send this angel to rescue Peter? Why did God send this angel to rescue Peter? What is the only weapon I already told you about? The church is doing what? They're praying. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. This is pretty, pretty difficult to think about. What if the church had not been praying? Could it be that Peter is not going to be delivered? You say, Pastor Mark, that's ridiculous. No, no, no. The scripture says we have not because we pray not, ask not. Could it be that the situation you're in today that's absolutely impossible is still there? Because you haven't been praying. You haven't been asking other people to pray for you. Do you see how important prayer is here? The the only reason that angel came is because the church was praying for Peter. We need to be a praying church because people are hurting everywhere. Now, notice what happens. The angel struck Peter on his side to wake him up. A woof, wham. This is the original, touched by an angel. Yes. I've been waiting all day to say that to you. How many remember that crazy series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're old. You're old. Okay. Now, how in the world did the chains fall off of Peter? Supernatural. You didn't see the angel going, his big keychain thing. Oh, let's see if I can find it. He's not the one. There's another one here. Yeah, I think we'll get it. Just hold on, Peter. They fell off. That's the invisible. That's not physical. It ends up physical, but it's invisible. That's supernatural. See, that that isn't something like, well, I'll do this times three. That's supernatural from God. Look at verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. Why? He thought he was seeing a vision. But Peter simply dresses himself, obeys, follows the angel out. Now, watch the supernatural. Watch the invisible. They pass the first and the second guards. How do you do that? They either became invisible or the angel blinded the guards. There's no fight. There's no battle. 
escape through. Four. And you see later in the story, we don't get to it today, they're killed because they let Peter escape. So, that's supernatural. And they came to the iron gate leading to the city. And when they got to this big iron gate, the last impossible circumstance, it opened for them by itself. How you do that? Supernaturally. They didn't know the combination. It opened supernaturally for them by itself. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, watch this, suddenly the angel left him. What is Peter doing? Nothing but following the instructions from the angel. The angel is supernaturally doing everything to free Peter from impossible circumstances. Now, here's a huge thing for the angel. When Peter is free, the angel leaves. Mission impossible completed. See, there's no drawing attention. There's no drawing attention to the angel. Hey, look what I did. He's finished serving and he leads. That's a great thing for you and me to learn. We're simply servants. God did all of that through the angel. What a privilege. Now, next we see Peter is fully awake. He finally comes. This really happened. He's walking. And I want you to see this verse, and I want you to read the highlighted part. All of our campuses, those of you watching online, I want you to read to it when I get to it. So here we go. Then Pete, I'll, I'll start the first part. Then Peter came to himself and said, here we go, everybody out loud, all of us, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent me his angel and rescued me. See, he understood exactly what happened. It wasn't him. It was the church praying, and it was God. That's what you need to understand in your life today. God's a very present help in time of trouble. Now, read the rest of the verse. He, he rescued me from Herod's clutches, impossible situation, and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Now watch verse 12. When, they had, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. So Peter now realizes that everything was supernatural by this angel. Now I don't know what he did as he walked down that street to find the house, but I guarantee you he sang a song. I mean, he probably, he didn't know how it was going to happen. Can you imagine being Peter? Wow. And here's what I believe he's saying. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me. Yours is a victory. And nothing formed against me shall stand. Hallelujah. Is that Pastor Mark? Peter didn't write that. Chris Tomlin did. Probably Chris Tomlin stole it from Peter. Nothing formed against me shall stand. No Herod, 
No soldiers, no chains, no jail cell, no lock gate, no impossible circumstances formed against me. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. God, you're faithful. Be encouraged. No weapon formed against you will ever succeed because of God's love for you. He will fight your battles. It's God. He's for you. He's not against you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Now the Bible gets funny. Look at verse 13. And Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door and exclaimed to those that were praying, Peter is at the door. Now look at these spiritual people. Don't laugh too much at verse 15 because we're like them. And they said to her, you're out of your mind. Look, we're praying for Peter. Don't interrupt us with some stupid thing that he's at the door. (laughs) And when she kept on insisting it was so, they said, oh, it must be his angel. Now, isn't this amazing? Peter's freed from impossible circumstances supernaturally, but he can't get into the front door of a house of a friend. (laughs) Amazing to me. Verse 16, Peter kept on knocking. Hey, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And they, when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet. And he described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Now tell James, that was Jesus' brother, and his brothers about this. And then he left for another place. He knew he had to escape because Herod would come after him. These believers had been praying all night, praying hard, doing the right thing. But when God answered their prayer, they were shocked. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We often underestimate what God can do through the power of prayer. You see, we believe in God, but very often we don't believe God. Could you write this last encourage down this morning? Be encouraged. God often answers little Faith. Thank you, Jesus. You see, how much God loves us, he even answers a little teeny bit of faith. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we teach the word of God. It helps us. This story was a true story. It helps you and me do a number of things. Well, the weapon... His prayer, we're not praying enough. And I'm letting impossible circumstances overwhelm me this morning. No, let's go to prayer. Get in your small group. Have people praying for you. You just don't believe in God. Believe God this morning. Forgiven people are the only people that go to heaven. Good people don't go. Satan is very real. That's what we heard in today's message. There is a very real battle going on for our souls. But God has given us the weapons to defeat Satan. The church is called to pray, and Pastor Mark showed us in Acts chapter 12 what happened when the church prayed. An angel came and rescued Peter from prison, all because the church was praying. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we continue our discussion about angels, demons, and people. We will turn our focus towards demons. Pastor Mark wants us to know that these demons are very real. They seek to extend the kingdom of Satan, especially through deception. Their purpose is to destroy God's plans and therefore hinder our spiritual lives. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled Living in Two Worlds, Visible and Invisible. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world Hope he is giving Lord let us hear your lessons for this